Previously on Caustic Soda. You're gonna get used to wearing them chains after a while, Luke. But you never stop listening to them clinking. Because they're gonna remind you of what I've been saying. Wish you'd stop being so good to me, Captain. Don't you ever talk that way to me. Never! Never! What we've got here is failure to communicate. And now, the conclusion. Now let us talk about some specific prisons. For example... Okay. Rikers Island, New York, New York. Owned by a guy named Riker. He opened a private prison. Uh, William T. Oh, Riker from Star Trek. Yeah, owned by the Star Trek guy. Yeah. That's how they made their money. They got into spaceships much later. <laughs> Gold press latinum. The famous island has 10 jails that hold an average of 12,000 inmates daily with mm. the room to lock down 17,000. Okay. For those arrested in New York City, Rikers Island is the last stop before the state penitentiary Rikers has a long list of assaults, rapes, and murders by the prison guards, as oh. well as other inmates. Oh, like they have a list? <laughs> like you go there and there's a list? Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. Uh, have your choice. It's long. It's kind of Rikers Prison's uh, version of Fuck, Mary Kill. Assault, rape, or murder. Yeah. And then you get to choose prison guard or other prisoner. Ah, I right? see, they, I see. Total options. Mm-hmm. A guard-sanctioned fight club provides entertainment, pitting inmate against inmate. Okay. Despite two guards becoming state prison inmates over the fights, former inmates report it hasn't stopped. Oh, okay. The guards have been cited dozens of times in just the past decade for excessive force. Federal investigations into the reports filed by guards revealed some falsified the records okay. to cover up abuse, mm-hmm. leaving exact numbers difficult to determine. Because uh, the people who are in charge of reporting the abuses are the people doing the abuses, mm-hmm. so the reporting is underreported. Surprise, surprise. Because this of- is like when I was eight years old, and my mom asked me who ate the dessert that was in the fridge, and I said, I don't know. Oh, yeah. But I knew exactly who did it. <laughs> it was Mike. This guy right oh. here. Oh, I thought it was Mike. Yeah. Because of the prison's history of violence, it is now one of the strictest prisons in the world. Mm-hmm. Several reform actions at the prison have helped reduce the number of stabbings a year down from 1,000 to 70. Well, that is a major reduction. It still seems like a lot. It still seems like 70 sta- Well, but although 70 stabbings is one stabbing every five days. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for, like one a week and know. they take off uh, weekends. You know, a thousand was <laughs> so, three a day. Do they do they have three on Mondays? A day. Yeah. That's why Garfield doesn't like Mondays. Because mm. mm. that's when he stabs somebody in prison. No, that's when he got stabbed he in prison. He gets stabbed. Yeah. Diyarbakir Prison, Turkey. Okay. Turkey's. Mm. Mm. Good, it's good there at Thanksgiving. That's right. You're mm-hmm. well fed there. Mm-hmm. Let's get that joke out of the way. Mm-hmm. Turkey's maximum security prison opened in 1980. It's known for incarcerating children for lifelong sentences. Wow. That's not something to be known for. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Mm. Today, over 350 boys and girls aged 13 to 17 are serving sentences in Turkey's prisons, including Diyarbakir. Darabakir Type D prison is specifically for political prisoners and right. has the capacity of 688 prisoners, but in 1996 it was found to be holding well over 900. Mm-hmm. Okay. The period dating between 1981 and 1984 is known as the period of barbarity oh. and refers to the systematic torture administ- administered, which cost multiple prisoners their lives. Mm. Oh, okay. Since its opening, hundreds have been tortured to death, 14 died on hunger strikes, 43 committed suicide, and at least four inmates have set themselves on fire to protest the cruelty. Wow. That's a serious protest. That's that right. Is a very That's not protest. filing a, a complaint. No, that is... The cruelty is worse than being that's, lit on that's fire. Right. That is that is quite the statement. That yeah. is cruel. I would rather be lit on fire than stay here. Yeah. Whoa. According to reports, torture and cruelty were commonplace at Diyarbakir Prison. In addition to the usual beatings, food and sleep deprivation, crushing mm-hmm. of limbs and genitals, Ooh. extraction uh, of nails and teeth. Wait, the usual crushing of yeah. nails and genitals? You know, the usual. The usual yeah. crushing of genitals. Yeah. Not not an extreme crushing of genitals, yeah. just the usual crushing of genitals. Standard. Yeah. yeah. It's by the by the numbers. And I'm mm. not not even done the list. Mm-hmm. So in, in order to in in addition to all of that uh, usual stuff, including extraction of nails and teeth and forcing prisoners to beat and rape one another, mm. there was even the obligation to salute the captain's dog, uh-huh. a German shepherd called Joe, who was allegedly trained to bite the genitalia of naked prisoners. Joe. Ooh. 
Do you want to tell us something? I didn't have to get trained to do that. Uh, Joe? Are we going to find a German Shepherd costume in your closet? Yeah, Joe's autodidactic. Oh, yeah. He taught himself. Yeah. I would bite the genitalia. Of prisoners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It just comes naturally. Uh So you had to salute Joe the dog, and it was trained to bite genitals. The only way this could get worse is if you're forced to salute it while it was biting your genitals. Oh. What if you were forced to salute it with your genitals? There lies. Oh, now I understand where all the biting came from. He was just returning a salute. He's just trying to be a good dog. (laughs) Good dog. Good dog. A well-known 50-year-old businessman, Felat Cernilogloo, was arrested based on information extracted by torture of an inmate. Mm-hmm. Felat stayed eight months, and he wrote in 1982, One day I was told to stand on one foot. After some time I collapsed. This was to be punished. They made me open the lid of the sewage near the wall and uh-huh. take a handful of excrement and put it in my mouth. I was ordered to stand at attention with the excrement in my mouth without moving or without spitting it out. I'll just swallow it. When I was allowed to uh. go into the cell, a prisoner helped me to wash my mouth. Uh. But no matter how hard I tried, I felt it in my mouth. My teeth were already mm. loose in my mouth because of a severe beating. Ugh. At the end, I couldn't stand anymore and extracted all my teeth one by one with a rope I found in my cell because I kept feeling the smell in my mouth. No. Took out all his own teeth. This is like the absolute worst version of that fluoride they give you at the dentist. Oh yeah, that you kind of feel like grit. Around yeah. for you like kind of feel like grit on your teeth for like the whole rest of the day. Yeah, this is like the sewage version of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not minty fresh. Not minty fresh. It's you know uh, poopy fresh. It's the extreme version of me finding out that there was pineapple on a pizza. It's like you just can't get that <laughs> off. You, <laughs> you know what though. When he did go to the dentist after getting out of prison, and they asked him what flavor fluoride he wanted, ironically, he chose sewage. Yeah. We didn't have any teeth left to give a crap about at the dentist. So. Yeah, well, you know. Give me sewage for old time's sake. Yeah, precisely. See if I like it out of prison. Mm-hmm. After the Tutsi genocide in 1994, when estimated 500,000 to a million people were killed in the attempted genocide, uh, there was the small problem of how to dispense justice to those involved. Whilst awaiting trial, approximately 7,000 people were held in the Gitarama Central Prison. Oh, is that, that's in, uh, where's that? That's in Rwanda. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this prison was built to hold 500. Okay. They housed 7,000. Oh, wow, that's a lot more. So that's 15 times as many almost? Wow. Uh, 14 times as many by my math. In the open courtyard where most people were kept, there's no space to lie down or move. In fact, conditions were so cramped that people are forced to stand day and night. The lucky ones, heavily air-quoting lucky, uh-huh. uh, may find a place to lie down in the toilets, of which there are only 20 for the prisoners to use. Oh, 20 toilets for 7,000 people. people. You know what you do? You use the toilet, and you just get back at the end of the line again yeah. to go to the toilet yeah. for the next time. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, mm-hmm. I'm only standing anyway, <laughs> right. right? I can't sit or lie down. I have so enough problems well trying to find line. out where the line begins and ends at, like a Tim Hortons. Oh, Imagine an overcrowded prison. <laughs> so you're just, you're, you're, you're in I don't know where. Kitarama Are you prison. in line? I don't, know. I don't know if I'm in line. Yeah. Are you in line? Yeah, it's the classic. Are you in line? Are you in line? Are you in line? Yeah, until you find somebody who's like asleep, standing up or something. Uh Dysentery was rife throughout the prison, which the medical facilities struggled to deal with. With a capacity for only 25 people, each bed had several patients sharing a bed, whilst the one doctor and eight healthcare workers did what little they could. Of the patients admitted, 38% were suffering from trauma wounds, such as burst eardrums and bites from other prisoners. 41% had rotting feet from standing all day on the damp and dirty ground. 41%. This has resulted in many having their toes, feet, and legs amputated. Oh, God. Desperate to survive, some Gitarama inmates killed and ate other inmates. Wow. In a nine-month period, one-eighth of the prisoners died. Wow. That's horrible. But. Oh. Silver lining? But they, uh, now, I'm no bad prison apologist. <laughs> but <laughs> all of these people were being held for suspicion of genocide. Okay. Suspicion. Genocide. Suspicion. Genocide. Suspicion. Fair trial. I'm sure they all got a fair trial. That's right. Awaiting trial. Yeah. Call back to our episode on wrongful conviction we haven't done yet. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Call Call forward. forward. Call forward. Uh There we go. Camp 22, North Korea. 
Horyong Concentration Camp, or Hanyang Concentration Camp, is a political prison camp in North Korea. Uh-huh. The official name is Kwanliso, penal labor colony, right. number 22. Okay. So camp- they have 21 others. At least 21 At others. At least. Camp 22 is located near the border with China and Russia. Oh, mm-hmm. that can't be good. It is situated in a v- large valley with many side valleys surrounded by 700 to, by 400 to 700 meter high mountains. Okay. So, very mountainous region. The camp is a maximum security area, completely yep. isolated from the outside world. Mm-hmm. Prisoners and sometimes even their families are held in lifelong detention here for petty crimes or for no apparent reason at all. Right, because you live in a dictatorship. A horrible dictatorship with one crazy leader after another. There are an estimated 50,000 inmates inside this camp. Right. The camp was not included in maps until recently, and the North Korean government denied its existence. Okay. Google did not do that. Here it is on Google Maps. Yeah, that came up That came up recently. Right. It, they, they, they used to have the Dick Cheney cheap treatment, where Dick Cheney's house is not on Google Maps. Oh, is that right? That was true. That is true. It's a black dot. <laughs> it's a like, well, like just, look for, just look for the black dot. Yeah, yeah. Everything, you, everything else on the world is there, but you can't look, look for in, the part that's blurred, that's, that's right. blacked out. You cannot look in his backyard, though. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell how big his pool is. Oh no, oh. he's so safe now. He was off the grid. What could he be doing back there? Shooting his friend in the face. Mm-hmm. It's right. A former guard describes the conditions in the camp as harsh and life-threatening. Okay. He recalls the shock he felt upon his first arrival at the camp, where he likened the prisoners to walking skeletons, dwarfs, and cripples in rags. Right. Sounds very concentration campy. About 30% of the prisoners have deformities, such as torn-off ears, smashed eyes, crooked noses, and faces covered with cuts and scars resulting from beatings and other mistreatment. Oh, as opposed to just rounding up people who had all those things already and right. sticking yes. them in right. the camp. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Going, yes. You know, uh, oh, we need all the one-eared, smashed-eyed, broken-nosed people to go to this camp. You're not allowed to have torn-off ears anymore. Get That's to right. jail. That's right. We uh, Only pretty symmetrical people allowed in the country <laughs> of North Korea. That would be the Hollywood version. Right. Around 2,000 prisoners have missing limbs, but even prisoners who need crutches to walk must still work. Okay. Guards are instructed to regard prisoners as slaves. The guards may kill any prisoner who doesn't obey their orders. Wow. One guard admitted that once he ordered the execution of 31 people from five families in a collective punishment because one member of a family tried to escape. Yeah, wow. you need to, uh, need to make sure nobody else tries to escape. Reprisals well, like, and whatnot. I mean, this is this is except, classic, classic <laughs> dictatorship stuff. Yeah. Except that now everybody wants to escape so that they're not one of the 31 people being killed because somebody else has tried to escape. Mm-hmm. That is like, a good point. If one person is going to try to escape, might as, all 31 might, might as well try. Yeah, because right? those ones didn't do anything bad. Mm-hmm. They were just related to somebody who did. <clears throat> yeah. Prisoners get 180 grams of corn, meal per, uh, of corn per meal two times a day right. with almost no vegetables and no meat. The only meat in their diets is from rats, snakes, or frogs that they catch. Got it. An estimated 1,500 to 2,000 people die of malnutrition there every year, mostly children. I have had frog legs. Did you catch it yourself? I did not, but they're tasty. They're tasty. Okay. Not a lot of meat, though. I, I don't not know. Not a lot of meat you on know, frog's not a lot of, yeah. yeah. Just to swallow the thing whole. And then you get salmonella. Mm, yeah, yeah, you can't swallow it whole. Lots of little tiny bones. You don't want to choke. Oh. Mm-hmm. So 180 grams of corn is about 155 calories. Mm. Okay. So twice per day, they're getting 310 calories. Yeah, a but day. it's all carbs, Joe. It's all carbs. <laughs> yeah. if, uh, you know, yeah. Hollywood so, has taught me anything that carbs are bad. So. so it goes, well, what happens is it goes right through you. I don't know yeah. if they're getting like cooked corn or not. But You're going like, to get one of those uh, distended stomachs from uh, all, that, all those carbs. You're going to die from 310 calories a day. Yeah. Despite these deaths, the inmate population remains constant, suggesting that around 1,500 to 2,000 new inmates arrive each year. Mm-hmm. Rape mm. and sexual violence are very common in the camp. As female prisoners know, they may be easily killed if they resist the demands of the security officers. Yeah. Yep. Two guards reported the following torture methods used in Camp 22. Oh, I cannot wait for this. Uh, playing Nickelback. A torture for my music episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. Water torture. The prisoner has to stand on his toes in a tank filled with water to his nose for 24 hours. Eesh. Hanging torture. The uh-huh. prisoner is stripped and hung upside down from the ceiling to be violently beaten. Well, okay. Huh? They could call they could call that one bat torture as well. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. box room torture. The prisoner mm-hmm. is detained in a very small solitary cell where he could hardly sit, but not stand or lie for three days or a week. Ooh, ooh, I thought it was going to be you. You order something from Amazon and uh, they send you the wrong thing. <sighs> yeah. Or in your attempts to open it, you ruin whatever the packaging on your. Well, DVD. that's that's that'd be that would be that would not be a torture. That'd be great because you could order like. 
the smallest thing for like a penny, mm-hmm. and then you get all these boxes and and uh, filler, and like you just use it as bedding. Ah, I got it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, you're saying if you order something from Amazon while you're in the prison? Yes. Oh, I was yeah. thinking of my real life. Oh. I see what your situation is much better because I mean they now have the drones, so they can drone <laughs> that shit right <laughs> in. Yeah. Pigeon torture. Uh, okay, they make you play that had a full boyfriend video, <laughs> video game. game that we played on the YouTube. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. The prisoner is tied to the wall with both hands at a height of two feet and must crouch for many hours. Oh, it's so like standing like a pigeon kind of thing. Well, two feet is like way down here. It's your hands, so you, yeah. you can't. And finally, kneeling torture. The prisoner has to kneel down with a wooden bar inserted near his knee hollows, his knee pits, if you will, right, uh, to stop blood circulation. Oh, yeah. Uh, After a week, the prisoner cannot walk. And many die some months later. Yeah. Oh, wow. God, boo. You don't want that one? Mm, I don't know. I do not care for that one at all. From six years on, children get work assigned, such as picking vegetables, peeling corn, or drying rice. But Mm. they receive very little food. Many children die before the age of 10 years. Mm -hmm. Aged people have to work to their death. Seriously ill persons are quarantined, abandoned, and left to die. Mm -hmm. Hundreds of prisoners are taken away each year for major construction projects, such as secret tunnels, military bases, or nuclear facilities in remote areas. Mm -hmm. None of these prisoners ever return to the camp. Right, because if you got them digging a hole for a nuclear facility, uh, you just bust a cap in their ass right after they're done construction. Just push them in the hole. Yeah, the guard who reported this is convinced that they are secretly killed after finishing the construction work to keep the secrecy of these uh, projects. Yeah, of course. That's why you choose these people to do the construction of these projects. Yeah. And how did all these people get in this prison again? Are they all political prisoners? Is that how it happens? You know, it's North Korea. Mm, yeah. It is a political prison camp. Yeah. It could have been because they were missing an ear or had a crushed eyeball or whatever, but it could also be because they said something bad about the Kims. Mm. Single prisoners live in bunkhouses with 100 people in a room. Mm -hmm. As a reward for good work, families are often allowed to live together in a single room of a small house without running water. Mm -hmm. Prisoners prisoners have to do hard physical labor in agriculture, mining, and factories from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m., followed by ideological re-education and self-criticism sessions. Self-criticism sessions. Okay. I have that every day. If you were in your self-criticism session at Camp 22 in North Korea, what would you say? Uh, what would I could have worked a little bit harder picking that corn. That's the only self-criticism you would have? I got. <laughs> Why I, didn't I bust out today? I think this should be less self-criticism, more torn criticism. Oh, I'd have lots to say. Oh, I see. But I'll just be a, uh, a giant a giant gang Well, it's up. a good thing I'm not in that prison then. Yeah. For the, just that one reason alone. Okay. What, Joe, what would your self-criticism session be highlighted with? Torn already said the work harder thing. It would mm-hmm. probably be like, why did I do that thing that got me caught? That got yeah, me in yes, yes, Whatever that course. is. I would be like going through like... Why didn't I get out of this country while I had yeah, the chance? Yeah, why the fuck did I enter North Korea? No, no. You see, I would take the tactic when you're in a job interview, right? And they always ask you to talk about the worst quality of yourself. The answer always is, I work too hard. That's right. right? That would be my yeah. self-criticism. Yeah. Like, my criticism is that I I'm don't... I'm an overachiever. I'm an overachiever. That's, That's right. right. I work too hard hard i love the guards too much i am too good for this place yes. that's my criticism yeah. i'm really yeah. too good for this place precisely i would turn on their heads i'd be playing psychological chess Ooh. with them they wouldn't know how to take it that's right psychological psychological chess the same way that a pigeon does just knocking over all the things and declaring victory just as long as they don't have to play that hatful boyfriend again i'm good New Year's Day is the only holiday for prisoners. They do get one day a year where they oh, don't have to New work. Year's Day. So what do they do on New Year's Eve that they need New Year's Day off? Oh. Mm. The mines are not equipped with safety measures, and according to the former guard, prisoners were killed almost every day. Mm-hmm. When there was a fire or a tunnel collapsed, prisoners were abandoned inside and left to die. Yeah. Corpses are simply loaded into cargo coaches together with the coal to be burnt in a melting furnace. Got it. Uh, the coal is supplied to power plant and steel mills, while the food from Camp 22's farms is supplied to the state's security agency or sold in Pyongyang and other right. parts of the country. Right. Satellite images from 2012 showed the detention center and some of the guards' tower, some of the guard towers being raised, as in R A Z E D. Yeah. But all other structures appeared operational. It was reported. It was reported that 27,000 prisoners died of starvation within a short time, and the surviving 3,000 prisoners were relocated to another concentration camp, camp number 16, right, uh, within a four-month period. It was further mm. reported that the camp was shut down, security guards removed traces of detention facilities, and then miners and farmers were moved. Apparently, the authorities decided to close the camp to cover its tracks after a defection 
of one or more of the guards who provided all, most of this information that I gave. Right. Up. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. So bad PR. Uh-oh. Shut down Camp 22. Yeah. Yep. All the other camps still doing this are fine. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. Defections of guards. Changing the penal system in North Korea. Woo! And penile system is in we should cut off Kim Jong-un's. Oh, penile organ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would like to talk now about something in Peru. The oh. Shining Path. For me? For all of us. Okay. This uh, comes courtesy of our listener, Colleen, brought mm-hmm. this atten- to my attention. The Shining Path is a terrorist organization founded by university professor Abimel Guzman okay. in the remote Andean highlands of Ayacucho okay. during the 1960s and 1970s. Mm-hmm. The group launched an armed struggle against the Peruvian government in 1980 that has cost an estimated 69,000 lives. The group was substantially reduced in size and capability during the presidency of Alberto Fujimori, okay. including the imprisonment of its founder, Guzman, in 1992. Okay. All right. Now, Canto Grande Prison is the home for more than 100 women and 340 men who are members or supporters of the Shining Path. And uh, also a uh, giant Starbucks. Canto Grande? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the biggest I'll have Starbucks the Canto you can Grande. Get. Yeah. There are two cell blocks in Canto Grande prison are showcases of revolutionary discipline, order, and management. Okay. Several years ago, they persuaded the prison authorities to let them run their cell blocks without guards, to administer chores, and to do their own cooking. Okay. They refuse prison food and rely on relatives and friends for supplies. Hmm. Okay. Is this good or is this bad? This Maoist insurgent organization ran their section of prison, staging plays with proletariat heroes. Decorating the walls with murals of Mao. All right. Even making crossbows, knives, blow darts, and bombs in the craft shop and building defense barriers. Uh, Okay. (laughs) All right. Some of the inmates are here because they are suspected of sympathizing with the guerrilla group. Others because they carried out killings of elected officials, union leaders, military officers, and policemen. Right. While maintaining order. Their boldness and the risk of a prison escape resulted resulted in violent crackdowns at several prisons from mm-hmm. the federal government. Right. At Canto Grande in 1996, police challenged the Shining Path inmates in a five-day battle that left dozens dead. What? So it wasn't a dance battle. No. Right. Okay. Right. It wasn't a wrap-off. <laughs> police found their floor plans did not correspond to the interior of the cell block. Anymore. The prisoners had mm. built new walls and zigzag corridors to defend themselves. Mm. Well, I mean, they were a revolutionary army, so they knew a little bit about fortifications. So, I guess it started out, everyone thought this was a great idea because, uh, you know... <laughs> well... Uh, like, when they, when they let them run their own cell block... Well, there's... There's more to the story. Okay. Okay. Wow. The government said 36 rebels and two policemen were killed. Rebel sympathizers claim more than 100 of their 300 comrades imprisoned there died. Right. Hmm. The Canto Grande episode illustrates how a highly disciplined, fanatical rebel organization has taken advantage of Peru's corruption and inefficiency and challenged the government. Right. Poorly paid guards not only lack the motivation to confront the prisoners, they are also believed to have sold weapons to them. Right. Internal security documents from the penal systems files describe several incidents in which police delivered firearms, short machine guns, and drugs. Are you uh, dumb? Several inmates were wounded or killed in shows before the crackdown. Like, I can understand the thought behind being like a drug or, or sorry, a weapon seller, right, yeah. to certain people, but not to the people who are going to use them against you. I can't, maybe, they, maybe they're just very charming. Right, they're very convincing. <laughs> Maybe it's like, dude, I need it. I, I need to protect myself against Bob in the cell next to mine. I don't need to protect myself against you. We're buddies. I'm giving you money. You're giving me guns. This is a perfect system. We've we haven't changed the floor plan of our cell block at all <laughs> to increase defenses. I assure you of that. And we are totally. If you decide to crack down us, we are totally not going to fight back. A past prison director at Canto Grande filed a complaint in court against a police major who allegedly permitted the delivery of bricks and cement to Canto Grande without permission. Right. Here's the stuff you need to build your new walls. Your fortifications. No action was taken against him. So that's a fun story. Right. (laughs) So apparently you can go the other way of being too lax on your prisoners. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's something.
2015, Tadmur, Syria. Mm. When Islamic State seized Palmyra in Syria, one of the first things it did was blow up the Tadmur prison, ah. the country's mm-hmm. most notorious jail where for decades political dissidents were detained and tortured. Mm. It's synonymous with death, torture, horror, and madness. Oh. Tadmur. Mm. Mm-hmm. The prison was built by the French in the 1930s in the heat of the desert. Well, evidently the the they were a tad more into Tenny. torture and madness than they ought to be. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was during Hafez al-Assad's 30-year rule between 1971 and 2000 that it gained its current reputation. Mm -hmm. Thousands of political dissidents were reported to have been humiliated, tortured, and summarily executed there. Okay. Mm -hmm. The arbitrary detention and brutal treatment of political prisoners at Tadmor began in the 1970s when an opposition movement started gaining momentum. Led by the Muslim Brotherhood and several secular parties, activists demanded political representation and the rule of law. The Muslim Brotherhood grew in popularity, and its armed wing carried out acts of political violence against the army and the Assad regime. Right. But in the late in the late seventies and early eighties, thousands of supporters of leftist and Islamist groups were arrested. Mm. Mm-hmm. Many were executed or died under torture. The lucky ones spent three or four years in prison. Some were there for twenty. Oh, less lucky. I tell you what, like I don't think I could actually be a brutal dictator because I don't think I have I, I don't think I have the taste for the wrongful imprisonment, torture, and murder. That you need to be to really like clamp down on a regime. Yeah, right? I agree. also you got video games to play. That's no, me. Yeah, no, 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 not video games. I got uh, you, you got know, movies, movies to watch. watch. Movies to watch. Yeah, Precisely. I don't know. I'll do what Precisely. they want. I got movies to watch. Yeah. A bloody massacre that took place within Tadmor's walls in 1980 is ingrained in serious consciousness. Ooh. A day after a failed assassination attempt on Hafez al-Assad, yep. members of the infamous Defense Brigades, headed at the time by Assad's brother, flew to Tadmur. Okay. Oh. Soldiers went from cell to cell, shooting prisoners with machine guns. Oh. So hold on a second. So there was an attempt on the dictator's life. Yep. By the Muslim Brotherhood. Yep. But somewhere else in the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they went... Probably in like Darfur or something. No, that's in Africa. Probably... Uh, in Syria somewhere. What, yeah. Give me, yeah. A, give me a Syrian city. Damascus. Yeah, Damascus is from Damascus. Okay, all right. So, an attempt on the life in Damascus. Yeah, and then they they 
travel yep. some distance. His brother. So so you get assassinated. No, the attempt, Mike, uh, they attempt to assassinate. Or they assassinate. attempt to assassinate you, right. and Mike takes his buddies and goes to a prison. Well, that would never happen, but uh, let's, <laughs> let's go with this anyway. And just starts putting bullets into everybody All who's right. in uh, i'm guessing Ooh. in the muslim brotherhood in the prison okay all right you try to shoot me i shoot all your buddies in jail all right okay i guess i see the sense of it now i was very confused well, at first quote unquote sense yeah heavily air quoted no one knows exactly how many were killed but it's estimated that 500 to 1000 people were murdered in just a few minutes Ooh. most of them were members or suspected supporters of the muslim brotherhood okay their bodies were dumped in a mass grave outside the prison mm-hmm. the prison was constructed in the style of a panopticon <laughs> Eye contact was absolutely forbidden. Oh. Oh. We used to distinguish guards from the color of their boots as we never saw their faces. After their... Is what one prisoner said. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing. There's a quote right there in the middle. After their release, it was years before some prisoners were able to make eye contact with anyone. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's a psychological thing. I can believe it. That's going to, like, hang on. Inmates' first hours at Tadmor involved a so-called reception party. Oh, oh that sounds nice. Finger Canapes? sandwiches. Welcome. Uh, crudite. Oh, hummus. There's definitely hummus yeah. there. Yeah. I love me a good hummus and some fresh pita. Oh, I'm salivating right now just thinking about it. The warders pulled us off the bus, whipping us mercilessly oh. and brutally until we were all out. Whipping you with licorice whips, right? With licorice yeah, vines. Right. You're going to get to eat these later. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Huh? One by one, we were forced to get inside a car tire, oh. and each person Ooh. was beaten between 200 and 400 times on his feet. A ca- inside a car tire? A big car tire. Right. Well, I they... guess you're in a car tire, and your, and your feet, feet stick, stick out. out? Oh, like okay. you're, you're, oh, you're, oh, you're, like, like sitting like, in it. Imagine, like, your back curved around the inside, and then your legs right, are sticking right, out. Right, so right. smacked on your legs. What about, maybe it was just a precursor to a pedicure. They're tenderizing your feet. Oh, I see. Everyone was in a bad condition, their legs bleeding and covered with wounds, as well as other parts of their bodies. Some of the prisoners died during the reception party. Officers were innovative in finding new methods to humiliate prisoners. One prisoner reported that they resorted to strange and sick forms of torture, sometimes just out of boredom. Right. One night, the guard, looking from the ceiling window, ordered Uh him to move all the slippers in the dormitory, about a hundred pairs of them. He told them he could only use his mouth. He had to keep moving the slippers oh. in this way oh. all night. Oh, is this, ooh, is that, that's, that would take a long time. That would yeah. take a long time. And you know there's that one guy who's got oh, the stinky, serious foot cheese. Stinky feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Inmates would cry out for medical help for dying prisoners. The guard's answer was always the same. Only call us to collect bodies. Mm. When Islamic State captured the building, it released pictures on the, of the inside. Apart from the guards and detainees who lived to tell the tale, no one had seen inside its walls before. Mm-hmm. But the destruction of the building came as a shock for many who wanted to see it stand as, as a witness to the years of brutality. Oh, Is that like, a, you know, yeah. you turn it into the, you turn it into the, the, museum. the, the Holocaust Museum. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, you like... Uh, 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 Dachau, again. Dachau outside of Munich is one of the most profound experiences I've ever had. Going in there and checking yeah. it out is very moving. I don't think Islamic State is all that big on learning from the past. Yeah, they like wiping stuff out. They yeah. like wiping stuff off the planet and rewriting history. They don't want to say never again. They just want to say never again will anybody do this to us. I got it. There's a, a long storied history of brutal regime following brutal regime after a brutal regime overthrow. August 20, Missouri. Well, only if we pronounce it like that am I interested in this story. <laughs> A diabetic man died in police custody after deputies reportedly left him in solitary confinement while refusing to provide his insulin medication. Right. Accusing the police of causing his death, the victim's family has called for an investigation into why he was denied his medically required injections. Mm-hmm. Although many people continue to die in police custody, officers rarely face any criminal charges for causing their deaths or allowing them to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After arriving at the Pemiscott County Jail in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Missouri. Mike- 33-year-old Michael Robinson reportedly told the officers that he was a diabetic and yep. begged them for insulin. Instead he diabegged it. He diabegged it. Mm-hmm. Instead of administering his medically necessary injections, the guard threw Robinson in solitary confinement to silence him. You know what silences people? Death. Death. Yeah, Death. That mm-hmm. works. It's a great silencer. Y- you know what silences a diabetic asking for insulin? Insulin. Oh. That would have been the simpler way to do it. Oh, yeah, uh, the medic's got some of that. You're not taking into account the asshole nature oh, right. of, the, of the beast here. Pemiscott County Sheriff's deputies allegedly refused to give Robinson medical treatment until he became too weak to hold up his own head. Mm-hmm. Robinson was eventually transferred to a hospital where his blood sugar level was monitored at 2,500. Which the is? The normal range is between 80 and 180. Okay, that's high. 
depending on the time between meals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Robinson's death is the latest in a series of homicides, suicides, and medically inconclusive deaths that have recently taken place in police custody. Since 1999, Maricopa County has spent over $33 million in settlements or verdicts resulting from wrongful death cases involving jail inmates. Right. Although several officers are directly responsible for killing these people, few are ever charged with negligence or murder. We've seen that really recently, in too, in the, in the choking death in Staten Island. All of them, none of them got charged, and uh, a bunch of these really high-profile videos of people, police doing what seemed to be on the surface very horrible things. Right. And uh, never seeing the inside of a courtroom. In 2008, the American Diabetes Association estimated that there were some 80,000 people with diabetes type 1 and type 2 mm-hmm. in the U.S. prison and jail systems at any given time. Right. That number is expected to increase as the prison population ages. And gets fatter. To, thanks to longer sentencing, sentencing guidelines. Mm-hmm. The ADA calls for adequate training on diabetes for all prison employees and that people with diabetes who state they are dependent on insulin should have their blood sugar levels checked within two hours of being processed. Medication should continue without interruption. ADA officials warn that the symptoms of hyperglycemia and hypoglycemia look a lot like drug withdrawal. Yeah. I just hope there's not this sort of misunderstanding where, you know, some guards are told to really, you know, enforce diabetes, you know, protocols, and then they beat a bunch of people to death. Die mm-hmm. Die, yeah. die the beaties. Yeah, yeah. In 1976, the Supreme Court ruled that states and federal government must provide adequate health care for inmates. Since then, private prison health care has become a billion-dollar industry, but there also have been many char- charges of inadequate staffing and neglect. Right. Diabetes care in prison is also complicated by issues of noncompliance among some inmates with diabetes as well. Right, so don't necessarily take care of themselves. Yeah. That's how they got in this situation in the first place. Well, maybe they want to commit suicide, too. Mm-hmm. Big thing in prisons. Yep. Now, Kevin. Yes. What piece of pop culture would you like to talk about that is prisonocentric? Well, it's Shawshank. Yes, but right. we're going to talk about that in Prison Break. Okay. Okay. Great. I love it. What do you want to talk about then, Torn? Well, I watched a movie called Ernest Goes to Jail. Uh, oh, now you have my attention because that is the pinnacle. Of the Ernest Goes to dot 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 franchise. <laughs> yes. It is, in my personal opinion, the greatest of all the Ernest Of all movies. the many Ernest movies. Yeah, that is my personal fave. This was from 1990 with mm-hmm. Jim Varney and Charles Napier. Sure. As the prison uh, warden. Outside of Jim Varney, who the hell cares? <laughs> <laughs> Bumbling Ernest P. Worrell is assigned to jury duty where a crooked lawyer notices a resemblance to crime boss Mr. Nash and arranges a switch. Yeah. Nash assumes Ernest's job as a bank employee while Ernest undergoes Nash's sentence to the electric chair. Yeah. Okay. So it's set up at the beginning of the movie. Here he is. He works in this bank. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a washing idiot. the floor yep. with this. And the shampoo just goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And eventually he gets electrocuted. Okay. This is basically a much better Electro origin story than Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because then for the rest of the movie, whenever he gets even the slightest shock, he becomes like super mag, like all these things. It's actually pretty funny. And, there are some funny parts in this and movie. And not only that, like he will randomly at times just kind of like go and start twitching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like completely at random, you know, not necessarily any catalyst whatsoever. And of course, rubber face Jim Varney milks it for every oh, yeah. comedic sure. oh, yeah. every comedic second that is humanly possible when he's twitching <laughs> as he's like electrocuting from the inside. So when he's in prison, he yeah. goes to the electric Electra chair and is killed. Yeah. And you but think, instead of- that's it. The <laughs> Ernest franchise is over. Now every Ernest movie from now on will be Evil well, Mr. Nash. Ernest that's goes- what I thought the first time I watched Ernest- it. But no! Ernest Goes to Hell will be the sequel. Plot twist. <laughs> what? Ernest Goes to Hell? Yeah. No, Fantastic. Ernest Goes to Heaven. Oh, sorry. No, no, but Heaven got Purgatory? the... They, they thought he was supposed yeah, to be in prison. There's a switch-up, switch right? Up. So they thought he was Mr. Nash. Mm. <laughs> so the movie's going to be all about him dealing with Heaven and Hell's bureaucracy no, to prove that he's not this. the bad guy. I don't know if I approve of this message. Hey, Jesus, it's your old buddy, Ernest. Yeah. <laughs> How you, Jesus? What you talking about, Jesus? <laughs> so now, now, listen, you said if I believed in you, I'd be able to come to Heaven. Yeah. Well, what am I doing here in Hell? Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Yeah. So instead of dying, he becomes Electro. Yeah. Okay. And then he goes on a rampage of like blowing things up with his electrical powers. It's awesome. I never saw it coming. And it is awesome. Like when you watch this, for the first time I might add, I've seen it more than once. (laughs) When 
you see Ernest goes to jail for the first time, and yeah, then you you there, there's no you think that the governor is going to step in or they're going to engineer an escape, but no, he gets electrocuted, dies, but then turns into a superhero. I, I've seen a lot of Ernest movies, and <laughs> this is uh, the plot twist to end all plot twists. Right. It's a, it, fantastic. Although did, there was some sp- suspension of disbelief for me when they didn't like tie him down in an electrical chair and he just had kind of had him sitting there. Right. But, okay. You know. But, <laughs> you're watching an Ernest movie. It's suspension true. of disbelief kind of comes with the terror. The prison guards had all these had these weird salmon colored. Oh, the whole thing <laughs> is so ridiculously stylized. But that is kind of an Ernest hallmark. How many yeah. of the Ernest movies have you seen? Tar? Two. Right. They're kind of all like this. You know, I mean, even like Ernest's outfit that never changes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That uh, he never seems to change and he never nothing ever alters. Like, oh, they are milking their formula. It is it is a yeah. cartoony. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, he yeah. is a real life cartoon he's a, character. Yeah, he's a live action you cartoon. Feel, you feel like he could actually make that ooga ooga face, <laughs> like in reality. Like if they just said, "Hey, Jim Varney, just we want to play this this sound effect, and we need to go ooga ooga." So just make a face that would go with it. And I feel like he could accomplish that. Now I don't even know if we've talked about where uh, the Ernest character like came from. Why this character all of a sudden showed up and got to do these movies? He was just a character in like a bunch of was it insurance? No, or he, it was commercials. He was a, he was a spokesperson. Actually, he started out in right. radio. Okay, uh, he, and he uh, he had this this business partner who came with this idea that they would invent this character, and they would go to every territory. And this character, because he was funny, would would do local ads oh. for every single territory around the country. <clears throat> and they started out doing radio spots, and then of course it it like upgraded to TV spots. Mm-hmm. So every single you know, major market in America had a very regional specific Ernest ad going mm-hmm. on in the early eighties. And they were oh, kind okay. of funny. And I they remember were funny. enjoying those movies or the, enjoying those commercials. Yeah, in the in the nor- in uh the Pacific Northwest, he did Pacific Pilsner. That was his beer that oh, he that's hawked. Right. Yeah. And he also did car ads. He he uh he did car ads for different uh, car dealerships would kind of rotate around yeah, whoever yeah. was paying him at the time and because everybody knew Ernest because he was doing a character yeah. that character in every major region in America mm-hmm. it eventually led to a movie deal of course yeah, yeah. which yeah. led to many many more because they were many super super cheap and super easy yeah absolutely yeah. and compelling character compelling <laughs> absolutely com- I could I could relate to his so I face thought, stretching abilities. when you brought it in I thought for a second you were going to come down critical on Ernest Goes to Jail and we were going to have a fight but oh. uh, it seems like Torin you are coming down firmly in favor of Ernest Goes to Jail I enjoyed it yeah oh. it is entertaining okay I rewatched a movie that I had seen when I was quite young called Brubaker Okay. Uh, 1980 Baker. film. Is, was about now, is he a brewer or is he a baker? Yeah, I was about to say, pick a pick a, a thing that you make, beer or bread. He, makes, he makes beer-battered bread? Oh, I, don't, I don't know whoa, what a brew whoa, baker whoa, would baker. do. Mm-hmm. Posing as an inmate at a small Arkansas prison, the new warden of the penitentiary, Henry Brewbaker, played mm-hmm. by Robert Redford with his dashing good looks Ooh. and beautiful hair. Uh-huh. There's even a scene where he gets in there. Uh, so he's pretending to be a an prisoner, inmate. right? Yeah. He's an inmate. And he witnesses all the stuff going on. So he's a new warden. So they don't know right. that he's the warden. So Nobody the first knows. thing he yeah. does is get himself put in his inmate so you can see the inner workings. It's good. The movie starts off with him on the bus going to prison. And if Is you, this a true story? It's based on the real-life efforts of former prison administrator Thomas O. Merton mm-hmm. to reform the Tucker and Cummins prison farms in Arkansas in 1967 and 68. Okay. And uh, Merton actually served as a technical advisor for the film. Okay. So it's, uh, you know, it's not a, it's it's, not it's a retelling, based, yeah. but it's the stuff that he saw it, is in this. Yeah. Yeah. Inspired by it. Yes, exactly. And he did actually go undercover. Merton did as well. Okay. And there's this one scene I was thinking, oh man, uh, Robert Redford's known for his gorgeous hair. Yeah, right? that was mm-hmm. the thing. And there's this one scene where they get in, and everybody's going to get their head buzzed. Yeah, and he slips the guy money and gets to keep his hair. Oh. Got it. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of convenient. Yeah, got it. Uh, but then fairly quickly, uh, he gets to see a whole bunch of horrible things going on, and then reveals, I'm the new warden. Then actually, the really interesting stuff starts because you think, oh, good, now the new progressive. Warden. Fix everything. Warden is here, and it's going to get better. Right. And it does, but then all you see is the resistance from all of the entrenched power people. Like yeah. this prison actually has uh, all of the guards. It seems are prisoners. Okay, so it's prisoners who are relatively well behaved. Right, get, literally get to have guns and be up in towers. Okay, to shoot at other prisoners who might try to escape. And that I remember in 1980 when I saw this, it super confused me, and it's still now. I'm like. 
is this to save money? It can't possibly. Yeah. Does it work? There's this group of prisoners who are now uh, guards, sort of. Yeah. And they have way more power than the other ones, and they right. all want to maintain it, even though they're the corrupt motherfuckers, right? Right. Of and course. so he's got problems dealing with that. And then you've got the state uh, state senator who doesn't like him uh, making waves and wanting to spend money. You've got all these people in the local towns right. who are getting uh, super cheap labor from, from the prison. Uh, of course. Uh, and they were giving kickbacks to the old warden, but the new one, of course, doesn't want to do this. He yeah. Doesn't so he's trying to fix everything, and nobody likes that. Right. So the movie starts off horrible, gets hopeful, and then goes, yep, when you try and do good, people are going to try and stop you. And right. it doesn't even end. I mean, it's a super old movie, so I'm going to spoil it. It doesn't end very positively. Right. He basically ends up trying to fight, and they're like, nope. And he has to like leave his job, and right. a new shitty warden comes in and goes, we're going back to the old way, everybody. Right, right. And, oh. Yeah, it's on the verge. Uh, like terrible. you know, after those sort of like seventies, that the seventies renaissance, where you were allowed to tell unhappy endings. Uh, this is actually got the first credited role of Morgan Freeman. Oh, he, okay. He plays this solitary. He's only been on about a thousand and one movies since. Uh, yeah, I know exactly. Mm-hmm. He uh, and for a first credited role, it's fantastic. Oh yeah, uh, he, comes full circle with Shawshank. Here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays one of the prisoners, uh-huh. and uh, the first time you see him is he just gets out of solitary. Yeah. and grabs another prisoner and threatens to break his neck unless they listen to him because he's like losing his mind because he's been solitary so long yeah. and morgan freeman's performance is amazing yeah uh, robert redford talks him down and you can see him kind of realistically be kind of crazy and accept what he's doing uh really good stuff throughout the entire film i at what point it. does he break into talking about penguins is that in the crazy part see, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like he talks about penguins and everything that he does <laughs> what about alien cubed alien three Alien 3. Oh, yeah. The David Fincher feature film debut. I kind of like it. You know, when I watched it the first time, when it first came out and saw it in theaters, I hated it. And then I've subsequently seen it Mm -hmm. once or twice, maybe one and a half times. Not as bad as I remembered it. It's okay. Yeah. It's it's passable. Like, you can see the germ of a... of a film in there. Yeah. Ellen Ripley is the only survivor when she crash lands on Fiorina 161. That's a, the main problem right there. A, only survivor. A mm. bleak wasteland inhabited by former inmates of the planet's maximum security prison. I like the fact that Fincher introduced the, the alien POV That's in right. the chase sequences. That's right. Yep. Once again, Ripley must face skepticism and the alien as it hunts down the prisoners and guards. Right. Without weapons or modern technology of any kind. Yeah, because yeah. of course they're prisoners. Ripley leads the men into battle against the terrifying creature. Yeah, so it went back to being a single alien again. Mm-hmm. And a smaller one, right? Didn't yeah. it? It was born out of a dog in this yeah. one. Yeah. So it was kind of quadrupedal. So kind of, yeah, yeah. IMDb trivia. Oh, okay. First time director David Fincher disowned the film, citing constant studio interference and yeah. actually walked out of production before final editing began. Mm. Upon completion, the studio dismantled and reworked the film without Fincher's consent and even released a misleading teaser trailer that suggested it would take place on Earth. Of course, because the script went through millions of iterations. I've heard you can buy the original online now, the original script, and it's supposed to be better. I mean, spoiler: I do enjoy the fact that uh, you know Ripley was infected and like killed herself by jumping into a giant thing of fire. It was uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, If you haven't seen Alien Three by now, yeah. Doctor Clemens' line: Oh, this is um, Charles Dance. Tywin, yeah. Tywin oh, Lannister. Yes, Tywin. His line about Fury 161 being one of Weyland-Yutani's backwater prison planets was the first time the name Weyland-Yutani was spoken out loud. It had appeared on computer screens and props in the previous two films, but characters always referred to it as the company. Yeah, dialogue. right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Although the alien that hatched from the dog was a puppet, early filmed tests used an actual dog in an alien costume. Nice. Oh, okay. Oh, it was it a such a cute little alien. <laughs> You get the alien to roll over and play dead. Yeah, that's you right. You get it to so like cute. fetch. Yeah. <laughs> fetch that guy's chest. Yeah. Michael Bain, who uh, played Corporal Hicks in the previous movie, Aliens. Uh, Michael upon, Bean? Michael Bean. Yeah. Hmm. Upon learning of Corporal Hicks' demise, demanded and received almost as much money for the use of his photograph in one scene as he had been paid for his role in the entire film, Good Aliens. for him. Mm-hmm. There you go. Because that's that's my number one complaint about it, is the very opening scene of Alien 3 makes the survival of those two characters from Aliens worthless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, because they don't even get to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. Right? They don't get to wake up and experience a little bit more life. Mm-hmm. One of the earlier scripts had Alien 3 being mostly those other characters yeah. and Sigourney Weaver having like a very small role. Oh, that would really? Nice. Yeah, it's been oh. like Newt and they Bishop probably, and... 
Because they probably figured Michael that Bain. Scorny Weaver would be most expensive, probably, right? Yeah. And and she didn't, and she was kind of resistant to doing any more movies. But I can as well. I can also understand why the studio would not care for that. That they we must have Sigourney Weaver. She's the linchpin for that's, this franchise. That's not the formula we're used to. Well, you know, Sigourney Weaver's pretty great. She is. I mean, she's pretty great. So is Michael Bean, I think. Is he as good as Sigourney Weaver? No, no. Maybe him and Newt together would be though. Mm, I don't like that combo one bit. <laughs> Don't care for that at all. How about Rurapente? Oh, Rurapente from the, the Klingon penal colony from Star Trek Undiscovered Country and some episode of Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, uh-huh. uh, widely known as the aliens' graveyard, due to the fact that the life expectancy for a prisoner there was at most one year. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Again, barely seemed like a prison and more just seemed like a place to dump people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they would mine dilithium. Oh, that's in, right. In the, in the caverns. Right, right, of course. That's of course, right. there's always a dilithium mine. And then outside, it was super cold, right? Yes, yeah. yes. It was, a, it was a cold wasteland, so even if you got out of the prison, you had nowhere to go. There was a, there was a field to prevent transports, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the transporter transporting. So uh, it, it, did anybody ever escape? Yes. Yeah, Captain Kirk and Captain Dr. Bones Kirk. McCoy. Okay, got it. They escaped. All right. My guess with so, how shitty it was, lots of people actually escaped. They just never admitted it. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. really, all you had to do was walk in the cold for a bit and then get beamed up. And I liked how the Klingon had a Russian accent, as he described it as yeah. a gulag. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, oh, well, you there's know. probably a Siberia-ish type place <laughs> in, on the Klingon homeworld yeah. where yeah. they have a slight Klingon-ish Russian accent. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. It's like the Doctor Who thing where, they're, where they say, "Why do you, if you're from another planet, why do you sound like you come from the north? Lots of planets have a north. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it was, if, it, if it's the original series, it was a thinly veiled allegory for the Cold War anyway. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's yeah. very true. So the that veil whole... just got even a little bit thinner. <laughs> yep. Uh, has anybody watched The Prisoner? Because I have friends who love it, and they'll get mad if we don't mention it. My brother and our producer and sound engineer, Mike Leeson, massive fan of The Prisoner, yeah. forced me to watch multiple episodes, Yeah, and my response was the same. Every time, this is too weird. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's weird. Isn't it great? And I went, no, it's too weird. Oh, do we all agree? And then, and then, and then uh, The Saint would come on, and I'd be like, oh. This is entertaining. Mm. And we'd watch Roger Moore's The Saint. Yeah. And then Star Trek would come on after that and be like, I can't. I will not put up with this. Oh, see, now we And I'd leave the room, right? Whereas my brother would watch three hours uninterrupted of television. One of the episodes that I have seen is the final episode. Mm. Yeah. So I know how it ends. I'm not going to say this. Is there a giant bubble? Uh, there's always a giant there's, bubble. There's bubbles in lots of things. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside. And when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that we'll be back when the week is new, and we'll have more gross facts for you, and you'll have things you want to hear about. We will. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while riding on the back of a panicking war elephant. To comment on episodes and for links and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Support the podcast by donating on our site or visit patreon.com slash causticsoda. Visit us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast, email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm Max Bobbitt. Thanks for listening. Zoo, 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 zoo